All right, we're back here on the Ohioan Podcast. My name is Craig Shop, and today we have a special guest, Bob Garber, our New York City film critic, is here. Bob, how are you doing? Hello, happy Monday. Did you have a great weekend? Had a lovely weekend. Thank you. Did you watch some movies at least? I mean, that must have been why you had a great weekend, right? You watched some movies? Well, actually, um, two of the movies I I saw uh, in previous weeks, but uh i saw uh voyagers this weekend voyagers was the one new movie i saw this weekend all right well we'll tease that a little bit here we'll save that for the end we'll start with the unholy now this was a good friday release on april 2nd um sort of an interesting uh movie to release on good friday obviously a pg-13 sort of horror film but bob what did you think of the unholy uh didn't much care for it uh despite some uh Decent performances by Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Cricket Brown. Cricket Brown is the name of the actress who plays the uh, the girl at the center of this movie. But uh, this is a movie about a disgraced reporter who uh, happens upon a story about a teenage girl who um, she's uh, deaf and uh, through a miracle by by Mary, uh, which uh, seems to be the Virgin Mary. Uh, can can hear and talk and sing okay. all of a sudden. Uh, but it turns out that there is a uh, more malevolent, malevolent force at work than, uh, than simply the Virgin Mary bestowing blessings on the small town. Okay, so we, we get into this, this interesting premise, but it's a horror movie, so where yes. where do things kind of go wrong here? Where 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 do we get the horror element? How does this kind of tie into this uh, this film? Well, basically, and and this is actually kind of an kind of a funny evil scheme, which I, I don't think is um, I don't think they were going for funny with this, but it's it's actually quite funny and clever. Um, it's actually uh, an evil spirit named Mary, and. Uh, her goal is to get people to pledge uh, through uh, through faith healing through miracles, uh, gets people to pledge their souls to Mary, which they think is the Virgin Mary, but is is actually her this this evil uh, demon demon or what have you. Now, is this uh, you know does this movie compare? We've seen a lot of these uh, sort of spiritual horror thrillers over the years, and we've oh, seen sure. a, lot of, a lot of uptick maybe as well in movies like Insidious and you know Annabelle, just to name a few. But is this sort of in the same vein as those other movies where you know it doesn't quite go you know hardcore R rated, but maybe stays in that uh, you know PG thirteen to try to capitalize on box office? But does this bring the scares? I mean, uh, were there any uh, jump you know grab your seat moments or jump in your seat moments for a movie like this um i mean it depends on the person i never got truly terrified um the annabelle movies uh are um i believe they are rated r uh whereas the insidious movies usually go for a pg-13 uh but this one um i'd say is is uh pretty solidly a pg-13 there's I don't know, depending on how you want to score it, there's, I think, between two and four deaths in the movie. Now, looking at a movie like this, I mean, obviously you said the performances were pretty solid. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Cricket Brown, who, relatively unknown, has done a lot of short stuff, but uh, really this is one of her first, you know, true feature starring roles. Uh, you know, did anything stand out aside from, 
you know, the performances, visually, anything stand out, special effects, you know, cinematography, anything kind of stand out other than performances? The special effects stood out in that they were really bad. Okay. Yeah, were they, not, uh, were they going for a B-movie-ish type of thing, or do you do you think they swung for the fences and just missed? No, I, th I think they legitimately thought what they – I think they um, – did what they could. They just couldn't put together a movie as, as scary as they wanted it to be. Okay. Uh, do you think something like this would have benefited maybe from more of that R rating go all into the deep end, or did would, would it not have mattered in a case like this? Maybe if they could have pulled off the violence as well as they wanted to, but since the violence they have is unconvincing, it it doesn't work. Okay. Uh, overall, just uh, your overall grade or overall impressions of the unholy. Uh, gave it a C minus. And um, for anybody who who is thinking of being outraged over over this movie, um, you know, sort of attacking faith based people and um, Blasphemously opening on Good Friday, um, it's it's not it's not worth an emotion as strong as outrage. Okay, <laughs> have you heard a lot of outrage? Have people? I mean, obviously, I, I can't no, but I can tell that I can tell that it wants to get people outraged. Okay, it was it it was specifically pushing itself as having opened on the holiest day of the year. Right. Much like we see a lot of uh, Christmas releases where we'll see some horror action or, you know, R-rated movies on Christmas. This is probably another one of those attempts to try to rile up some feathers, I guess. Yeah, but uh, now there's there's a reason why we don't really do Easter horror movies. <laughs> right. All right, Bob. Well, it uh, looks like maybe you should skip The Unholy, but maybe something that we shouldn't skip. What? Tell us a little bit about our next film, Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal, yes. Um Sandwiching this in between the two bad movies, spoiler for uh, for the Voyagers <laughs> portion, but um, yeah, no, this is a tremendous film. Uh, it's nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor. Uh, I could have seen uh, Best Supporting Actress for this movie. It, it doesn't have one, but it could have been in that that race. Um, the movie stars Riz Ahmed as a drummer who's losing his hearing um, and is also. A uh, recovering addict of some kind, I would assume heroin. But uh, but yes, it's about uh, his uh, relationship, uh, which falls apart once he starts losing his hearing. Uh, his career takes a nosedive. He goes to a rehab center um, run by a character played by Paul Racy, uh, who is nominated for Best yep. Supporting Actor. Yeah. Um, and it's in this rehab center that he... Um, as Racy puts it, learns to be deaf, uh, often by hanging around with children uh, who are also learning uh, ASL at the same rate as, as he is. But uh, tremendous film. Um, Ahmed's journey is, is heartbreaking um, as his uh, relationship with his girlfriend played by Olivia Cook. Uh, Olivia Cook is the one uh, I could see competing for best supporting actress. Okay. Um, but that goes through a lot of turmoil and he goes through a lot of turmoil as he uh, tries to get a an operation to uh, cure, uh, which I understand is not the term you should use for regaining hearing, but he tries to cure his deafness. Uh, yes, yes, to his point of view, he's trying to cure his deafness. 
Okay, so you know, with with Riz Ahmed, you know, I, I know a lot of people. He's probably he always brings it. He's probably one of those actors that a lot of people, you know, they know when they see him. Hey, I know that guy, but I might not know his name, but I've seen him in this, 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 and this, and they can list off a laundry list of movies or TV series. Um, I think I really, really saw him and really thought of him as a as a major player in the future of acting in the night of the HBO series. Um, yes. What, what for me it was uh, for me it was Nightcrawler, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Right, right, yeah. What about this movie? You know, he this is his real opportunity to sort of break out and be that not just a leading man in a film, but also prove that he's got sort of those acting chops that can get him an Oscar nomination. Which, of course, as you said, he did get nominated. Um, but you know, what was sort of what what about this performance really stood out with Riz Ahmed? I mean, just his his dedication. He, um, you know, clearly transformed his look into this guy who has spent his whole life in the heavy metal scene, and then he changes it again once he once he leaves that life behind. Uh, and he's fully just dedicated. There was there was no doubt in my mind that he could carry a movie like this. Um, there was there was some doubt that a movie about a drummer could. Uh, about a heavy metal drummer could could appeal to me because I'm not a big fan of either that music genre or that instrument. But uh, no, he, he pulls it off. It's fine. Sure. Well, it wasn't long ago that we had the movie Whiplash. Um, obviously, sort of that's a different. The, that's the only other drummer movie I can think of that's that's really good. Right. Right. So, but sort of a different genre as far as musically what it what it is. But uh, it, it, maybe when it comes to musicians, I guess drummers are the thing to do now. It used to be maybe guitarists and singers, but it looks like drummers are starting to get their uh, their play here with the, with Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, there will always be a place for singers. Uh, not so sure about guitarists, but. What's the uh, you know, you, you said that uh, obviously nominated for six Oscars. You know, this is one of those actors, actors types of movies. Uh, Paul Racy, a veteran actor, you know, gets an opportunity to shine here. But, uh, you know, Olivia Cook, I, I remember um, seeing her in Ready Player One. I thought she had just this good screen presence. Obviously, you know, I, I love I loved her in Thoroughbreds as well a few years ago. But That's, uh, I was trying to come up with the name of that movie. Yeah, yeah really a sort of an understated, underrated kind of drama, but very interesting. And she she gives a really a dry, but really intense performance in that film. Uh, what, what about her? Maybe, you know, did you like about her in this film? And, you know, were you sort of surprised that she didn't get that Oscar nomination, given the fact that this movie did really, you know, seem to touch a lot of strings here with Oscar voters? Well, I hadn't seen this movie before the Oscar nominations came out, so I can't say I was surprised when she wasn't nominated. Um, I'll say I was a bit surprised to see Paul Racy's name just because, um, you know, everybody's been talking about Riz Ahmed and I didn't even know that an actor by that name was in this movie. Sure. But um, but that uh, category has been so inconsistent. We've talked in the past about how uh, Glenn Close is up for both an Oscar and a, uh, and a Razzie for her performance in Hillbilly <laughs> Elegy. <laughs> Uh, so that that whole category is a mess, but uh, Olivia Cook could have been in here very easily um, and not been out of place. Sure. Okay. Um, ultimately, Bob, it sounds like you really enjoyed this movie. Uh, does it earn the hype? What was your final grade for this film? Uh, my grade for this movie would be an A minus. All right. Was, was very pleased with it. Um, definitely deserves the best picture nomination. Um, deserves its its place in the actor and supporting actor races. 
Absolutely. All right, Bob. Well, it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, maybe we got to end on a sad note. Um, Voyagers is a not, not sad, not sad, just uh, just a real punching bag of a movie. <laughs> All right, Voyagers. So, so now we have the uh, the one of the latest releases here in, in theaters came out on Friday. Voyagers. Uh, don't really know much about this other than you know I see Colin Farrell, Ty Sheridan, Neil Berger directs. Speaking of speaking of Ready Player One. Yeah, speaking of Ready Player One, Ty Sheridan. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Voyagers. What's what's this movie about, and why didn't you like it? Okay, well, Voyagers, and and everybody's calling it this, and I'm, I swear I'm not stealing from any particular critic, even though even though everybody's kind of making this comparison. But it's basically uh, Lord of the Flies in space. Okay, uh, it's got <laughs> a group of teenagers that have been bred to go on a one-way mission uh, to another planet uh, in order to save Earth. I'm not sure how exactly they plan to save Earth um, 86 years in the future. I guess they'll their plan is to set up the other end of a teleporter or something. They, they're not very clear about that. But uh, yeah, so uh, these kids are bred to go on this mission that will conclude in 86 years. Um, they spend the first, let's say, 16 years of their lives training, and then they, then they get shot up into space. Colin Farrell is the one and only adult in charge, which, first of all, is a mistake. <laughs> there should be there should be more adults watching these kids. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they soon find themselves uh, without an adult at all, and they kind of turn on each other as they. Uh, as they decide to take over the, the mission for themselves. Um, they have, have been drinking a steady diet of a hormone suppressant. Okay. Which uh, they decide to stop taking and their and their hormones run wild and that causes them to, to turn on each other. Well, it, did anything stand out? I mean, obviously when you're talking about going into space or you're talking about a young cast of, of, of talented young actors or even veterans like Colin Farrell, I mean, does anything stand out here? The you know, visual effects. I mean, are, is there? Is it? Does it? Is it at least good to look at? I mean, something. Give me something, Bob. There's some. There's some. I guess some decent outer space stuff. Uh, the um, the thing I noticed most about the film visually is uh, that they're always running down what seems to be the same corridor. Um, if you've ever seen the, uh, I guess I would compare it to the Big Bang Theory and how they constantly uh, go through that same set as they walk up the stairs. Okay. Yeah, uh, they, and they pretend that it's different floors even though it isn't. Right. But uh, I'd like to think that it's kind of the same thing here as if they just built the one corridor and they filmed themselves going, walking down it over and over again from different angles to try to make it look like it's different corridors to make the spaceship look like it's bigger than it is. Okay. Well, I know another, another thing that you had mentioned about uh, maybe a little bit of a disappointment was the box office for this film. Obviously, you know, we had a little bit of a, of a shot in the leg here last, last week with Kong, uh, with Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, that took a big nosedive, about 58% return on its box office from week weekend one. Yeah, but uh, that was just because its its first weekend box office was so huge and because it was a holiday weekend. Right, right, right. So in, in Godzilla vs. Kong still won the box office last week with uh, around $13 million. Um, now, Voyagers, though, sort of... Opened in fifth place. Opens fifth in place. fifth place. It was the, it was the 
Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I, you know, opens in fifth place behind Nobody, The Unholy, which, of course, we just talked about, and Raya and the Last Dragon, which has been out now for a, a little while. So uh, obviously has to be a little bit disappointing, but were you surprised that the, a movie like this coming out in the, in the midst of a pandemic with some other options in the theater, are you, were you surprised that this finished fifth? I am surprised that it finished fifth. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it would at least... I'll do the unholy. I thought it would be the number two movie this week. I didn't think it would be it's in its first weekend. It would open in fifth. Yeah. Very big disappointment. Uh, does that say more about how maybe bad the movie is or maybe just how tentative people are about going to, to movies right now? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't marketed very well. Um, I wouldn't even say it has so much to do with the fact that it's a bad movie. Um, Cause I'm surprised that they would, that people would stay uh, so far away from this movie, um, regardless of its quality, just because it's new. Sure. Okay. Um, at the end of the day, uh, any final grade for Neil Berger's Voyagers? Uh, C minus. Um, one thing I have um, not touched on, uh, probably the most memorable scene in the movie, uh, unfortunately, is the scene of sexual assault. Okay. Uh, so that's... Um, Maybe another reason to to stay away from it. It's, um, it's on the tamer end of the sexual assault spectrum, but it's still um, very uncomfortable to watch. Okay. All right, Bob. Well, uh, what are you what are you seeing here this week? Is, do you hope to maybe rebound after a couple of uh, a couple of bombs? Uh, I don't see things picking up this week. Uh, there is uh, one horror movie opening. It's called In the Earth. Uh, that will be the new movie. Um, for all I know, it's going to open in an even lower spot than Voyagers. Voyagers might be my next uh, might be my next print review. Okay. Um, and I will see at least one uh, Best Picture nominated movie, either Mank or The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, those okay. are the two I have yet to see, and we'll we'll talk about that next week. All right, fantastic. Well, Bob, as always, we definitely appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully, you have a better time at the movies this week. And uh, hopefully all of you listening at home or watching have a better time at the movies. We will see you guys next week for the Ohioan Podcast. This is Craig Shop. We'll see you Thank later. Thank you very much for having me.